Hello, Fins Nation. Welcome back to another episode of the Fins with Frisch podcast. So I'd like to discuss standards. So Omar Kelly, and I know Fins Nation is not too fond of Omar Kelly, but one thing Omar Kelly has said in the past, and one thing that I actually agree with, and I do, I would like to make it clear, I don't agree with Omar Kelly on many things. Most people don't, but Omar Kelly has always said that the Dolphins fans need to raise their standards. So standards are interesting because two people with completely different standards will view the exact same thing differently. So what exactly does that mean? So let's take person A. Say you have a person who goes to the gym once a month and that person goes and he goes and does a 45 minute workout. He does chest and back. That person will come back from the gym. He'll tell you about every single push up that he did. He'll tell you about every single bench press rep that he did. He'll tell you about every row that he did, and he'll be, he's going to tell you about how sore he is, he needs to stretch, he might even go into the freezer and get some ice, he might get a Theragun because he did a 45-minute workout. That's person A, that's someone who works out once a month. And then you have person B, and person B goes to the gym, let's call it twice a day every day, and then on, so it's twice a day, six times a week, and then once every Sunday, he does a, he, he does a rest day, except his version of a rest day is a 45-minute chest and back workout. And it's a light chest and back workout. But because it's a light workout for him, but he goes to the gym every day, his light workout is actually the same as the guy who goes to the gym once a month. Do you see where I'm going with this? Basically, person A views a 45-minute workout doing chest and back as the hardest thing in the entire world. Person B views that same exact workout as his rest day. And that's how Miami Dolphins fans should be viewing a game or a win over the New York Giants. It's essentially a rest day. The Giants are a garbage team. They're a garbage organization. They have a bad owner. They have a terrible GM. They have a terrible head coach. I actually, eh, whatever. The coach, I feel bad for Dable, but whatever. Let's call it. They're, They're not a good coach football team right now. They have no talent on their entire roster. The little talent they do have is Saquon Barkley and Andrew Thomas. Saquon Barkley isn't playing. Andrew Thomas, he's their overrated left tackle that people tell you is the second coming of Joe Thomas. He's not, but he's probably the second best player on their offense. Both of them didn't play Sunday. And then if you look really hard enough, you eh, probably not that hard. You'll find some people that'll in Giants Nation that'll tell you Dexter Lawrence is a slightly lesser version of Aaron Donald. He's not. But anyway, that's basically the whole point. Two of the three Giants' best players didn't even play, and their team's terrible. And when you are an elite team playing for or or fighting to win a Super Bowl with goals of winning a Super Bowl, you don't view a win over the Giants as that big of a deal. Now, Giants fans, and I'm trying to get everyone in South Florida to understand how delusional these people are, Giants fans, after an eight-point win over the Washington Commanders or the football team, whatever they were calling themselves last year, it was the biggest deal in the world. Every if you, you could, you're going on Instagram, they're all posting on their Instagram story about how they just beat the Washington football team by eight points. They're posting that stupid Madagascar video or that r- raccoon or zebra or whatever animal it is, I I don't even know if I watched Madagascar in my entire life, the full movie, I've seen parts of it, but that that guy's going, oh hell, the New York Giants, that stupid video, they're going nuts, because they just beat a 
Taylor Heineke-led football team, coached by Ron Rivera, the worst coach in the NFL, by eight points. We can't have that type of standard as, as Miami Dolphins fans. Giants fans get, get as excited about winning a Super Bowl as a team that actually wins the Super Bowl, as fans do, for winning a game by eight points. So, when we look at this past Sunday, look, it's cool, we beat it, we, we got to win. But, but the way we need to look at this is, it, it was a bye week, pretty much. It's a week where you just open your eyes on Monday, or you check the standings at 5 p.m. on Sunday, and there's just plus one in your win column. That's how the Chiefs look at playing teams like the Giants. That's how the Eagles and the Niners, all these teams... So, that doesn't mean we can't appreciate what the Dolphins have done through five weeks. And that doesn't mean that we can't be happy with certain aspects of our performance. I say certain, not all aspects, but certain aspects. And I'd like to go into both, so how about, how about we'll start on a high note. We'll, we'll talk about the good things. Tyreek Hill had, I think, 177 yards and a touchdown. He's unstoppable. The Miami Dolphins... Are now they have now set the record for most yards through five weeks in a season with 2,568, beating the greatest show on turf by 41 yards. Dolphins are averaging 522 yards a game. This offense is near unstoppable. And Devon Aikchain, who unfortunately is going to be out for a few weeks, looks like an absolute stud in the third round. In the third round, the same round we drafted Cordrea Tankersley, and the same round we drafted Channing Tindall. And Azukama, and I like Brandon Jones. Um, and you know, just we haven't had a great history in the third round. We got a, we got a ball player in the third round, and he looks great. So those are the good things, and those are good things. Look again, I talked about appreciation. Don't take these things for granted, because we know how bad it can get. I think the best receiver the Dolphins have had in the last fifteen years is Jarvis Landry. And Jarvis Landry, I love Jarvis. I'm not here to disrespect Jarvis Landry. I like him. But Jarvis Landry would be the number three receiver on this football team. And we need to appreciate the fact that I know everyone was thinking after two or through the pick six, oh, we'll just, you know, there's a minute and 10 seconds. We'll just go down and get a touchdown. It sucks. We're going to have to go into halftime up 20 to 10 or 21 to 10. And then we went and kicked the field goal. And we're like disappointed. We're like, oh, you know, we... We ended up in the red zone and didn't score a touchdown. So it, it, we should appreciate how far we've come. Through five weeks, we're 4-1, and one, and you can't win the Super Bowl in September or October, whatever month it is right now. But, again, raise your standard. It's okay to be happy that we're 4-1, and one, we're in first place, and the offense looks unstoppable. But it's okay to acknowledge, and the defense looked good with seven sacks. And didn't give up a touchdown. I know the Giants don't score touchdowns on anyone, but that's all you can do. It's not, it's just not, they gave up six points. Or, or nine points, I'm sorry. Um, so it's a, it's a good team performance if you just look at, you know, you beat an NFL team 31-16, seven sacks, 500 yards. But then there's the other side where it could have been better. And it's okay to say that. It could have been. Look, Tua made the worst throw in his career. I love Tua. He's QB2. It's Mahomes and then it's Tua. But 
He made the worst throw of his career, and then he made another really bad throw. And, you know, I'm not going to argue whether his hand did hit Connor Williams' helmet, but, you know, with Tua's a top five quarterback in football, at the worst, we don't need to defend him every single time he throws an interception. It's okay. But it's also okay to acknowledge that that's not going to fly against Philadelphia or against Kansas City or against Buffalo when we play them again, even though Jacksonville was terrible and still beat them. Or when we, if, we, if we play a team like the Niners in the Super Bowl. It's okay to acknowledge that. Look, we had, and it's really just the three turnovers we're talking about, but we, have had, we had a minus three turnover differential. And 91% of teams that have a minus three turnover differential lose the game. We won comfortably by 15 points. So it's awesome that we can do that where we can turn the ball over three times and win. But we shouldn't be turning the ball over three times. And in LA week one, we had, we had, we had a minus two turnover differential. And teams that go minus two in the turnover differential column, they lose 82% of the time. And we won both those games, and it's great that we could do that. But again, good to great. We don't, uh, good teams, if, if you're a team that can make mistakes... And beat up on bad teams while making the mistakes. You're a very good team. A great team is a team that can make the mistakes. And then doesn't make them. And that's what we're trying to get to. We're trying to go from a good team to a great team. And I believe we can do it. We've got the guys to do it. So look, we won. We did what we needed to do. But there are things that need to be cleaned up. And you know, the one thing is, so, so with this whole standards thing, it, it's kind of funny. So I look back at 2015 or 2017 or 2016 when we made the playoffs and you know, every week is exciting because even if you're playing the worst team in the league, when you're mediocre, you can lose. It's like, I remember going to Philadelphia in 2015. We were both three and five. Sam Bradford started the game for them. Uh, Mark Sanchez finished. I think we won 24 to 23 and I was so hyped coming out of that stadium. You know, we were four and five. We just beat a three and five team. And it was super exciting. And then the next week we played the Cowboys, so I think I had like one one or two wins at the time. We lose 24-14. So when you're a mediocre team like the Dolphins have been for 20 years, September through December is exciting. But when you're an elite team competing for a Super Bowl, January and February is exciting. September to December is where you take care of business when you're supposed to take care of business. But it's a week-to-week league, and if you win in the divisional round of the playoffs, no one's going to be counting your turnovers that you had in week five. No one's going to be counting your points that you had in week three. All you could do is play your schedule and win the games you're supposed to win. And that's exactly what the Dolphins did this Sunday. So meanwhile, while the Dolphins took care of business in a game that we were supposed to, the Buffalo Bills did not, and the Miami Dolphins once again sit in first place in the AFC. And this is, you know, a perfect example of how it's a week-to-week league. The Bills week one were terrible, the Dolphins were great, and then a few weeks later, the Bills and the Dolphins have a big matchup. The Bills blow them out. And that's the week after the Dolphins blew out the Broncos. And the Dolphins were the best team in the league. Then it was like, well, people are saying the Dolphins are frauds. They're this, they're, they're not this, they're not that. 
and the Bills are the best team in the league, and then the Bills go out, and they lose to the Jaguars. Now their fans are complaining. You know, their fans have a complaint about everything. Last year it was too cold, so they had to play in Detroit, and it was too hot in Miami, so they needed to get rid of the sun, and now they traveled too much. They didn't didn't spend enough time in London. I mean, the Bills fans are a joke, but there is an even bigger joke out there, and this is the perfect time to introduce the new segment of the Fins with Frisch podcast, the Clown of the Week. And the first Clown of the Week is Kyle Brandt. So Kyle Brandt, you can, if you turn on NFL Network at 7 in the morning on weekdays, you can find Kyle Brandt pretending to know about football for either 30 minutes to an hour. I've actually never watched the show, so I'm not sure whether it's 30 minutes or an hour. Maybe it's two hours long. I don't know. But um, but that's where you can find him. And if you tuned in last Monday, you could have found Kyle Brandt in a very good mood. He was very excited, and he was most excited to do the recap of the Miami Dolphins versus Buffalo Bills game. And look, Kyle Brandt is a big friend of Bills Mafia, and he was talking about how people need to respect the Bills more, but he also really decided to take some shots at the Miami Dolphins. Clearly, he was a little bit upset that the Dolphins, after week three, were getting more respect than his beloved Buffalo Bills, so the result of the week four game, Bills versus Dolphins, was was very big for Kyle Brandt's narrative. But basically, he comes out and he says, he, he, he shows Bradley Chubb wearing the emoji t-shirt, and then he kind of just goes in on the Dolphins. He says, you didn't reinvent the game of football. You're not the greatest thing since sliced bread, and, and all these things. And it's like, number one, no one on the Dolphins said that they were the greatest thing since sliced bread. I don't know what the greatest thing since sliced bread is. I don't even like sliced bread that much. But no one was saying the Dolphins were the greatest thing since sliced bread. And nobody said they reinvented the game of football. The only people who said that were your friends that you're on television with. And other people at ESPN. So anyway, after this game, Kyle Brandt was just ready. He pretty much wrote off the Dolphins. Was like, yeah, you're not this, you're not that. Respect Bill's Mafia. And then, less than seven days later, the Buffalo Bills, they go play the Jaguars, and the Jaguars didn't even play well, and they get smoked. And the Dolphins take care of business against a terrible team, and the Dolphins are back in first place. But why is why is Kyle Brandt a clown? Other than these statements that he was making before, you know, you know, earlier in the week, before week five. If you go back to the 2022 draft before the Bills season ended in disappointment like every other Bills season has in their entire franchise history, Kyle Brandt got the opportunity to announce the pick and he made a big deal out of it and said the Super Bowl, the 2022 Super Bowl champion Bills select and then either after, I think it was after he announced the pick, he took a massive bite out of a drumstick that was presumably a spicy buffalo flavored drumstick so Kyle Brandt was trying to show solidarity with the buffalo community last year and he did it 
by taking a large bite out of a drumstick. He didn't even take a bite out of a buffalo wing. <laughs> I mean, this guy is a massive clown. He's out here talking about the Bills being the 2022 Super Bowl champions. They don't even get past the divisional round. Then he's out there. He's, he's trying to show his solidarity with Buffalo by taking massive bites out of drumsticks rather than buffalo wings. And then he comes out and, and he crowns the Bills after week four and clowns people for crowning the Dolphins after week three. And then in week five, the Bills lose to the Jaguars. The Dolphins handle their business. The Dolphins are back in first place. The Bills are back in second place. Kyle Brandt's still on video taking a huge bite out of a drumstick and incorrectly stating that the Bills are the 2022 Super Bowl champions. So the Week 5 NFL Clown of the Week is Kyle Brandt. Congratulations, Kyle. You are a clown. You would have a difficult time finding a bigger clown than Kyle Brandt in Week 5 at a street fair or a circus or even a child's birthday party or Disneyland or anywhere where you would likely find a clown. That clown is less of a clown than Kyle Brandt. So, with the conclusion of the Clown of the Week segment, we're now going to bring in the first guest of the Fins with Frisch podcast, a lifetime Miami Dolphins fan like myself, who is still looking, again, like myself, for his first playoff win in his <laughs> lifetime. Jeremy Hawk out of Boca Raton, Florida. Jeremy, welcome to the show. My man, thanks for having me today, Jack. Obviously, this is a pleasure. First guest on this podcast. You know how big of a fan I am of your takes, your Dolphins fandom, and you're my boy. So it's a pleasure being here today and really getting started on this awesome podcast and many episodes to come. It's quite the pleasure, man. Thanks for yeah, having me. Well, no, it's a pleasure to have you on. So there's, so coming out of this game, there's really two schools of Finns fans. You know, Finns nation, always a nation divided. We've got the positive Finns fans who... They just look at this game. They go 15-point win. We're 4-1. We're 4-1 for the first time since 2002, which was a very long time ago. And then you've got the, you know, the more cautious Finns fans. Dare I say, the more negative Finns fans. And those fans are thinking about, well, the Giants are terrible. They're a garbage organization. Um, and we turn the ball over three times. And if you turn the ball over three times in Philadelphia in two weeks, you're going to lose the game. So I guess, which which school do you fall into there? I mean, Jack, you've known me for about five years now and how I kind of see this team. It's been a pretty crazy 23 years of fandom for us, but like I'm pretty much caught in the middle. Right now we're four and one, man. Like at the end of the day, we gotta be appreciative of what's going on. We got some serious football players on our team. We're fun to watch every Sunday, so you have that. But obviously Sunday, we're playing against the Giants. Very mistake-ridden that entire game. I thought we were like, we're getting down on our team. We still had 500 or so yards. We have the most yards ever through five games in NFL history. Like, obviously, some things happen. Mistakes can happen, but luckily, they came in a game like that, man. Like, like you said before, like you get in, in Philly, that's inexcusable. You're not winning a game in Philadelphia throwing two picks and a fumble. You're just done. You're giving away the game. But luckily, we played against a team like the Giants this week, where we hopefully got that out, out the door a little bit. And I fully believe personally in our coaching staff and our players. I really think they're bought in. And I think with a week of adjustments, a little, obviously a week-to-week league, but a week to adjust. We got the Panthers this week. I think we'll be really prepared for um, 
not only next week, but that game in Philly in a couple weeks. But um, in terms of, like you were saying before, where I fall, like, I'm in the middle, man. I'm appreciative for what's happening, but I also think there's a lot of room for improvement. Other ways we go and get better as a team, man. Yeah, no, and I think that's mo- how most rational fans see it, where we, we're able to appreciate, and it is important we stop and really appreciate what's going on. You know, I mean, think about teams like the Denver Broncos, how, how they would kill to do what we do on one play in terms of yards and points. They would kill to do that in an entire game. But it's also important to note that, you know, it, this, is, this isn't our goal. Our goal is to win the Super Bowl. No one came in thinking... You know, we want to have the most yards after week five or we want to have the most points in the league after week five. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're going to have to clean some things up. But, yeah, on the mistakes, it's weird because, like, you know, you go back and that was one of the things the first three weeks of the season was that they weren't making a lot of mistakes. That was one of the little things where you could look at it and say, you know, this team's discipline from year one under McDaniel to year two really improved. It's just weird that, you know, they had all these issues on Sunday. I agree. Like, man, it happens. Like you said, it's a week-to-week week. Things can happen earlier in this season. Some little hiccups happen. Just like small things. It's a simple mistake. It's a simple play. It's play by play. There's specific scheme that goes on. Just, I think, a couple mishaps. And most are fumbles inexcusable. That can't be happening. But, like, Tua's not going to be perfect. Those throws weren't perfect. Those decisions weren't amazing. But, like, like we said, thing mistakes happen. But, like, they can't happen in the big games when it matters most. But, like, I really think we just have to keep looking at these positives, man. Like, Everybody keeps talking about, like, our athleticism as a team. Like, that's why we're great. But, like, I'm super impressed, like, with our speed, with our athleticism. But I know this might make me a little ahead of myself, but I think the O-line is just, like, it's obvious to say it's been so impressive. But it's so hard to be bought in on a team like this. And the O-line is proving to have, like, immense athleticism. Like, having these all this speed, running these screens, running these, like, misdirections on the run, like, you need to have linemen who can get downfield, throw out blocks, be cohesive, and not do stupid stuff. So, like, as long as I think we're avoiding those mistakes, turnovers are going to happen. But as long as our, athlete, our O-line stays athletic, they stay stop, tough, they stay cohesive, I think that's where all of our success is coming from. And I've seen that through five weeks now. I thought our O-line was phenomenal last week. I thought our edge blockers were great. I thought Cedric Wilson was good. Like, we had Brooks in there a little bit, this new guy, like, to throw out blocks now. Like, yeah. we have guys stepping up that we wouldn't think of, and, like, they're trying to figure an identity right now, in my opinion. Like, it's not always going to be about speed, about doing this, doing that. It's always about be taking taking care of the ball. Like, Patrick Mahomes throws picks. He doesn't throw many of them, but, like, it happens to the best of them. It's just, like, you got to stick true to your identity. Mistakes are going to happen. Like, we're going to be all right, man. I really think so. This team's talented. Yeah. No, I mean, it's that's the thing. It's funny. So, Tua just gets treated way different than any other quarterback. And, you know, I don't know. Part of it's he's small. He's had the injury history. I'm a Tua guy, you know. Um... At least now I'm a Tua guy, but um, you know it's funny. So obviously he hasn't done what Mahomes has done in terms of you know Super Bowls and MVPs, and same with Burrow. But you know it's just funny that that concern's always kind of there. Where every time he doesn't have a perfect game, everybody freaks out. Not everybody, but a lot of people freak out. And, and it's like no no one plays 17 straight games where you're throwing for 450 yards and three exactly. touchdowns. No one in the league does it. No, exactly, man. It's not a thing. You like obviously you want perfection. Tua is an accurate quarterback. You see him make fantastic throws that not many people can make. And you hit highs and you see some really impressive things, but you got to come back down to earth a little bit and realize that mistakes do happen. Again, it happened against the Giants. That happens in Philly. Two picks and a fumble, inexcusable. We're having yeah. a different conversation right now, but... You know, and, and the thing is about that pick, so we're playing the Giants, right? And Tua, yeah. I think Tua is a gamer. Like, you know, mm-hmm. we talk about post-interception Tua, 
He's he's the best to him. We yeah. always go for a touchdown after uh-huh. he throws a pick. And, you know, late in the Chargers game, he's got great fourth-quarter stats. That's kind of when you look at the Giants, who are just an absolute joke of a team, and you're like, well, you saw him try to rip it into triple coverage a couple of times. That, the pick six is like, that's not, I don't know if that's a throw that he tries making in Philly. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think, you know, maybe he was being a little bit more of a gunslinger than he normally is just because he's like, well, this team isn't going to score on us. And we can score at will on them. So you know. I, I agree with you, but like I can't. I, I like I agree that's probably what happened, but we can't get into that mold thinking. Hey, we're playing this team. We could get out of our identity. We have to stick true to our identity. We have to play tough. We have to play athletic. We have to play fast. Like me and you were watching the game last week, and like we it's been the past two weeks. Like we're stopping like going over the middle. Those slant routes, those seams up the middle. Like we're trying to get like overthinking, getting a little too fancy. Like. I know it's part of our offense. It's really creative. They try improvising every week, but like, stick to your identity and what works. Teams are obviously going to try taking that away, but like, keep trying to stick your identity until they take it away. Don't just go away from it yourself. And that's a, that's an interesting point. That's and that's sort of what we were talking about a lot last yeah. week. Was in the second quarter they sort of just went away from everything that was working. Uh-huh. And and then even even this week we're throwing so many screens. And look, they work like. You know, all these handoffs, our run game, we're going for a 1,000 yards a carry. Yeah, and these screens to Tyreek work when he's uh-huh. gaining 50 yards. But at the same time, you know, we are a downfield passing team. We've got a great exactly. quarterback. We've got Tyreek. And, and we need to get Waddle more involved, I think. You of know, course. It's, not, it's funny. You know, people are talking about, you know, Waddle hasn't really gotten the ball a lot. And, and that could be an issue. But it's like, if we're scoring 50 points a game, it doesn't matter. But as we start to play these better teams, that's a guy, obviously. Yeah, I'm actually really happy you brought this up. I was looking to talk about that before. Um, Sportsman, it's about, like, injuries happen, things happen. It's about the next guy up. Wallow's our guy. We took him number six overall for a reason. He's supposed to be an elite receiver. But this offense has weapons everywhere. They speed everywhere. They have a lot of guys to get the ball. Like, the past couple weeks, like, A-Chain's been phenomenal. Way better than any of us expected. We knew this guy had potential. But, like, this guy's second in the league in rushing yards right now. This guy's a serious big play threat. But... Unfortunately, injuries happen, and this guy's out right now. So what great teams do when they lose an important piece, the next great player steps up. The next player fills in. So, like, it's on McDaniel and the coaching staff to figure out ways to get it Waddle in, his, his speed, his talent, and get him back incorporated into the offense. And I think A-Chain's injury, personally, could, like, almost be a good thing, man. Like, it's going to get Waddle, bring him back a little bit into the offense, get him find different ways to get the ball and kind of give a different approach and use our speed differently, man. Well, I don't know if that if a good thing is the right word. I mean, we, look, we did expect, I mean, we've been talking about this since before the season, we're not going to have, it, it was it was really it was really centered around Raheem Mostert and yeah. Jeff Wilson, and it was kind of like we were saying, when by the time Jeff Wilson's ready to go, Raheem Mostert will be out for the season. Raheem's healthy. Mm-hmm. But then Devin A. Chain, wow. and, and is that, <laughs> that, what a classic Dolphin injury. Like, just a guy, because the play that they're saying he got injured on, he continued to play after. Yeah. And then you find out on Monday, oh, he, his MCL is gone. I mean. Dol- Dolphin, Dolphin's football, man. He's saying he, 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 that guy couldn't hurt himself in the freaking in Publix. I mean, that. Like, he might have not even gotten hurt in the game, though, in the Dolphins. I mean, that stuff just never goes away. The, 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 the classic Miami Dolphin football DNA uh, just always finds its way. It is. Dude, like, injuries happen. Like, back to your thing before with Waddle, dude, 18 injury is not a good thing. I think we yeah. both know that it's yeah. not a good thing, but it brings upon opportunity for other guys to step up, regain their roles, and like show they belong. And like 
it's just like giving other people opportunity. It's just like that's what makes sports beautiful. It's like the next man up mentality. That's what, that's what great teams do, bro. No, yeah. And, and the funny thing is, it's like when we were talking about this before the season where Ramsey hasn't even played yet. Yeah. Toronto Armstead didn't play week one. We go out, we beat the Chargers. But uh-huh. Phillips hasn't played in whatever it is, two, three weeks. And we're looking at it and it's like we're missing all these star players. And we're not the look, and I think in terms of injury luck, you know, We've been a little more lucky, actually, than yeah. not. The Bills lost all their guys. The Chiefs lost Kelsey for mm-hmm. I don't know how long he's out for, yeah. but um, so we've as long as Tua and Tyreek are out there, we've got a chance. Of course, but we're in a situation where we can lose star players, and it it's not a detriment to the season. There's a couple guys. Yeah. Tua, Tua would end the season. Tyreek would end the season. Waddle would come very close to ending the season. Yeah. Well, outside of those guys like Armstead, Jalen Ramsey, those guys are elite players. And losing them, it doesn't. The team doesn't skip a beat. No, you're right. We're deep, man. At the end of the day, we got we got some guys everywhere. Like you can see, like J, like JP's been out for what three weeks now. Uh, it's, it's either two or three. I think I probably, think probably three, been out for a little three, while. Three, three. But like the defense have, hasn't been great. But like a guy like Van Ginkle's coming into a role. Like we were watching AVG yeah. three years ago, bro. Like this guy's a special teams player. Like who's this guy coming off the edge on his 52 yard field goal, blocking kicks and returning them. All of a sudden, this guy's, like, a really good pass rusher. Like, he's not Jalen Phillips, but, like, he's filling into that role, and I think he's been, like, the most impressive piece of our defense. Well, the funny the funny thing is he is playing how we were, how we want Jalen Phillips to play. Yeah. Like, we're looking at Jalen Phillips the first couple weeks of the season, we're like, why aren't you doing what Andrew Van Ginkle's doing right now? Uh-huh. And hopefully when he comes back, we don't lose another guy, because yeah. that's how it always works for us, where one guy comes in, another guy comes out. Uh-huh. Hopefully, I'd really like to see this team healthy. And, you know, that's a, you know, luck matters as much as we hate to admit it. It's it like, you know, all that really matters is you need to be healthy right in time. January. You gotta be healthy at the right time. Right. Right. Well, yeah. nice. You're playing your best football now, but, like, if you're not healthy then, obviously it's luck. You can't predict any of that stuff now. But, like, you just gotta play your football week by week, get better each week, and then hopefully luck rides with you, man. Yeah. That's what you're looking for. Four and one for the first time since two thousand two. How does that? How does that sound, dude? It's crazy. It's a cool. It's like I don't want to say it's the coolest thing ever, but seeing the Dolphins like a competitive football team, like regardless elite. of record, like they're an elite football team, but they're freaking fun to watch on a Sunday, dude. Like that's what we keep talking about. Going back to the appreciation thing you were saying before, yeah, yeah. multiple conversations we've had. Like it's exciting to wake up on a Sunday, or even it's exciting to wake up on a Friday. And be like I get to watch. Tyree Kill and Tua and Jalen Waddle and Devin H. And get to watch all these great players by a Sunday after watching Cam Wake and freaking Mike Wallace and Brandon Marshall be our best players forever. Like, hey, don't it, don't don't disrespect Cam Wake. I think he's, a, he's, he's a legend, but like it's different. Now, no, man. no, absolutely. I mean, look, like I mean, everyone loves Cam Wake, but like Ty, we've never had a player like Tyree Kill in our lives. No, there's, I mean, there's only been, and it's funny. I, I I was talking about someone where you can't compare anybody to Tyree. We're like. No. You can compare Julio Jones, like Calvin Johnson's way better than Julio Jones, but you can look at Julio and say he's a Calvin Johnson type. Yeah. There was there is no Tyreek type. Oh, he's his special, own guy. Man. And he plays for us. This guy's special. My favorite thing about Tyreek Hill, bro, like obviously he's a sick athlete. He could be an Olympic fucking runner. He's he's, he's insane. He's he's an amazing, amazing athlete, one of the best in the world, but like what impresses me the most about him and like everything Tyreek Hill does, like with a purpose. And that's, like, so contagious for a football team. Like, you could see Romy brought that in last year. Like, we would see moments as, like, a Dolphins fan watching these games where these guys almost look like they just didn't want to be there. Like, also, a guy like Tyree Kill comes out. Like, 
if he's running a, a, a dead sprint down the sideline shrieking or if he's catching a ball three yards behind the line of scrimmage or getting a pitch, like everything's with the same level of intensity, same purpose every single time, same drive. Like that is really contagious. Like I said before, when you see your best player doing that and not skipping a beat and going hard every play, no matter what the play is, even it's a run play and like he's selling a fake or like coming in for a block, like that's contagious. It makes people want to play around you, which is like, well, that's why I think this team's playing awesome right now. Yeah. He's a, he's a team guy. Exactly. You know, that's important. You have your best player is also a team guy. And huge. He, he told Mika Parsons, you know, he's, he's going to lay him out when we play the Cowboys. Yeah. And, and he will do that. He he's will. not just saying. He is going like, to lay like, him It's out. like when Kobe, like what was that with the Team USA thing? He's playing against like Pau Gasol, yeah, yeah, obviously yeah, he's his a teammate. Said before, like I'm going to deck this guy yeah. for this play. Ran him over. He said a freaking statement. Yeah, exactly. He said a statement early on. Set the tone. That's what Tyreek Hill's a freaking man, dude. I know yeah. we got a little off topic talking about it, but you're asking no, about cares. four and one. Like, we have the most exciting player in football. Like, you got to be appreciative. Besides four and one, like, it's it's a pleasure getting to watch some of these players after all we've been through for 23 years, bro. Yeah, no, it it really is, and I'm I'm really yeah. excited about the rest of the season. The oh. one thing they don't tell you about being a great team is, you know, all these games like we play the Panthers this Sunday. It's like we, we, we don't even, it's not even exciting. Like, that was the thing when, when the Dolphins were, like, a mid-level team. You know, every game was a huge game. Now it's like we expect to win these games. Yeah. So that's the perfect segue. Um, you know, I mean, you could say this is the trap is a trap game, but it should be pretty easy this Sunday. I mean, you know, I don't like saying uh, that, but if we don't win this Sunday, there, there's really big issues. So uh, I don't know. What, what, what do you see? What yeah, we're, we're, we're taking care of business this week, dude. I'm not worried, but, like, there's different things I want to look for on, like, a week-to-week basis. Like I was saying before, like, we want to stick true, like, an identity. We want to play with athleticism. We want to play with speed. We want to play tough. But, like, what I haven't seen from this team yet, it's only five weeks in, what the great teams do is the ability to win in different ways. Like, you always hear, like, the Eagles have the ability. They're not playing great right now. Mm-hmm. Every game they've won, they've won Storm 35. They won by holding a team, holding, Storm 17, holding a team to 10. Like, we need to win in different ways. Like, that's what I want to see in this Panthers game this week. Like, yes, I want to beat them by 50 and put up 50 points, but, like, I'd like to see the defense win a game. Or, like, see the see us dominate the line of scrimmage when both sides of the ball. Like, that's what the great teams do. Like, people look at the Chiefs and, like, like oh, they have Mahomes. Like, they're winning on offense. That's not true. Like, their defense steps up in the playoffs every yeah. year. They're so well coached. These teams find other ways to win. They have guys who step up. Like that's what the great teams do. And that's what I'm waiting to see from this team. Yes, the sixty yard plays are great. Fifty yard play, fifty points are great. But like, let's do something different. And show we have the ability to win in different ways when things aren't going perfect. Bro. Yeah, no, that was great. So can I can I get a score prediction for the score Sunday? prediction? Thirty one to ten Dolphins. Love it, yeah. love it. I mean, we get, do we get any? Uh, how many turnovers does the defense force? Turn oh turnover. That, that's, that's what I'm saying. Different ways we're going to win this game. That's what I'm asking. Let's get it. Let's get three, a turnover. For three, three turnovers. Three, maybe two. four actually. We're definitely getting two interceptions on Bryce. He's going to fumble one, so three. Four. Maybe four. maybe a special team. Yeah, stick. four four turnovers this week. Thirty one ten Dolphins. All right, love it, love it. All right, well, thank you for coming on. This this was fun. Pleasure, man. You're yeah. the best. Yes, sir. Jeremy Huck, great friend and great fan. Great sports fan. Great football fan. Um, you know, loyal South Florida sports fan. Those are the types of people we would like to have on the podcast, or any loyal Dolphins fan. I'm not even from South Florida, but uh. Why don't we end the podcast with some positivity? You know, I do think it's important that we noted that we expect greatness out of this team. We expect to blow teams out that are terrible like the Giants. But, um, you know, I'm in a good mood. The Dolphins are 4-1, and and the Miami Dolphins are the 
Best offense in NFL history through five games. That's all you can ask for out of your offense is be the best offense in the history of the game. And through five games, that's exactly what they are. And offense is fun. Defense is fun, don't get me wrong, but offense is fun. I mean, offense is the most fun. Scoring 70 points is a ton of fun. So we're having fun, and you know we can't win the Super Bowl until February. So let's enjoy what we can enjoy. And um, prediction for this Sunday. We got the Panthers, and there's not even... There's not much to say. I could sit here and pretend that, you know, Bryce Young is a, no pun intended, young quarterback who's improving. He's not. He's terrible. He's tiny. He's way smaller than Tua, who they say is tiny. Um, The receivers are not good. Adam Thielen, I like Adam Thielen. He's a good fantasy player, but he is not a tough matchup for this team. I have Miles Sanders. Speaking of fantasy, I have Miles Sanders for, I, I have no idea why I start that guy. He is terrible. Chuba Hubbard was a great Big 12 running back. He is not a great NFL running back. And there's just not a lot to this Panthers team. So I'm not going to sit here and pretend it's going to be a battle. It's not going to be a battle. And I'm going to even say that Jeremy sold us short. He has us winning 31-10. to He is selling the best offense in NFL history through five games short. The Miami Dolphins are going to win this game 45-3. to Now, maybe he oversold the turnovers. I'm going to say we only forced two turnovers, not four, not three. But ultimately, the Dolphins win the game in dominant fashion, 45-3. to No turnovers from the Dolphin offense this week. And the Dolphins are going to head into Philly on Sunday night, 5-1. So the Dolphins get the win over the Giants, 31 to 16. The Dolphins improve to four and one. The Bills drop to three and two, and the Dolphins are back in first place. Kyle Brandt wins the award for Clown of the Week, and we've got the Panthers next Sunday at 1 p.m. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll be back next week.